The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Father, we thank you because of your presence in this place. Thank you because our lives are worth living. I worth living because you are alive and well. Lord, today we ask that you lay your hands on everyone in this place. Lay your hands upon everyone. Join us over the internet. Do that which eyes have not seen, that which ears have not heard, that which has not even begun to enter into the hearts of men. And let the name of Jesus and Jesus alone be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Um, we are in part four of our series, Unstoppable. Unstoppable. And um, in part one, we explained that God wants us to sort out the internal showstoppers. And in part two, we looked at the power of we. In part three, which was last weekend, we explained how you are unstoppable. And, and, and today, this weekend in part four, we're going to be looking at an aspect of, of being unstoppable that is usually overlooked, you know, by, by Christians. And it's, it's, very, it's a very, very powerful, powerful um, component in being unstoppable. And that is humility. Everybody say humility. Humility is the hidden, quote-unquote, hidden force of being unstoppable. It's the hidden, unstoppable force. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, Ephesians 4, 1, it says, Therefore, I, a prisoner serving the Lord, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. How often should we be humble and gentle? When things are going well, when things are going in your favor, when people are agreeable with you, always be humble and gentle. You see, there is nothing you and I can do to earn the grace of God to save us. There's nothing we can do to earn it. There's nothing we can do to be entitled to God's grace. God's grace is available for us. However, we have the responsibility to walk worthy of that calling. It is up to you and I to live a life that is worthy of your calling. While your calling is outside of you, it is your responsibility to live a life that is deserving of your calling. And God is saying to us, always be humble 
and gentle. Pride is, is something that is, is, is usually from within. It's, it is from within. Pride is something that doesn't, most times, doesn't even need help. Pride is insidious. Pride. No one tempted Lucifer when God said iniquity was found in him. If you, I mean, Isaiah, Ezekiel 28, 14 and 15. No one tempted him, but iniquity was found in him. A little child that has not been exposed to the world, nobody teaches them how to be proud, but a little child can be proud and pompous. <laughs> it's just amazing. So, we are dealing with something that is so innate and, and, and um, woven in, in us that we need the help of the Holy Spirit to eradicate. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, but unfortunately, the things that should breed humility in our lives actually are the same things that breeds and breeds pride. The things that should foster a humble spirit, unfortunately, are the things that are actually making us proud. The gifts of God to us. You're gifted. You're multi-talented. You can somersault 20 times in the air. You know, <laughs> Those things should make you humble because you, re- you realize that it's a gift. The talents you have, the talents I have, Those things should actually make us humble, but they make us proud, unfortunately. People are proud of the race that they are from. I'm proud to be white. I'm proud to be black, you know. And I'm I'm, I'm not about being happy and grateful. I'm talking about actually being proud to the point of supremacy. There's a problem with that. You didn't choose many things you were born with. You are beautiful, but you are arrogant because you are beautiful. What if you wake up tomorrow and you are not beautiful anymore? What's going to happen? Say, Pastor, I reject that in Jesus' name. <laughs> you know, what if you are you're proud because you are handsome? Oh, praise God, fine boy. But what if you wake up tomorrow and things we don't have control over. How many of us determined how tall we were going to be? How many of us determined how short we were going to be? How many of us determined the families we were born into? How many of us determined there's so many things in our lives that they are just shared by sheer grace of God but we find pleasure. There's nothing wrong with that but it now makes us arrogant. The, the, the video we, we saw today, the, the, the community we go to serve, you know, we, we are not better than them. We are not. The things we have are supposed to, we should be the most humble set of people on earth. Praise the name of the Lord. Wealth makes us arrogant. Access makes us arrogant. Spirituality makes us arrogant. Unfortunately, you know, some people are spiritually proud. Spiritually proud. Arrogance is a horrible, horrible thing. When a story is told, I think I've told this story before, real life story of 
Brother Sam, that's his name. That's what he's known. He was so spiritual and so anointed that this guy couldn't speak English. He was stuck illiterate. And they invited him to a university to, to, to speak. And he got there. He was going to tell them, I in Bogesi. You know, that was I can't speak English. That was what he was wanted to say. And he, he, he was he felt he was speaking in tongues. And he was talking and talking, and the whole floor was front was filled. People were weeping and repenting of their sins. And and at the end it was like, what happened? And they told him that he was actually speaking English. This guy, this guy has raised at least four dead people, confirmed dead, back to life. But it got to a point when it's time for service, you say, who is, who, is, who is the person preaching? How many dead persons has he raised? It's time for house fellowship. Who is the house fellowship leader? What's his name? You know? I do, I'm not sure if, that, if he's still alive, but the last time, he was on the street, mad. Literally, he went lunatic. Arrogance cannot take anybody anywhere. If you are spiritual, what did you get that is not from God? Praise the name of the Lord. Pastors, God will help pastors from pride. Say amen. amen. Including your pastor. God will help all of us. You know, because... It, it is so easy to have a chip on your shoulder and just, everyone just needs to make you eat grass. Just for one week. Then you will know that there is a God in heaven. Praise the name of the Lord. John puts it this way in John three twenty seven. John replied, no one can receive anything unless it's given from, from heaven. So if I have the word of knowledge... It's given from heaven. So why should I be proud for what I did not create? It, it just doesn't make sense. The reason we are proud is because we are bereft of thought. We are, we are very shallow people. We actually don't think. If we can think, we will be very humble. Sleeping and waking up, we explained last week. You slept last night. Many of us slept for at least five hours, and you woke up, and you were still together. Isn't that a miracle? Total miracle. When you slept, you see that the control of your life. But it pleased God to wake you up and give you control again. Isn't that amazing? So why should you be proud? Why should I be proud? We should be the most humble set of people. Paul puts it this way, 1 Corinthians 4, 7. 1 Corinthians 4, 7. He says, for who makes you superior? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? So like I was saying, we, as, a, as, a, as a church, the, the people we are, we, are, we, are, we are blessing with those items, we are not better than them. This, because, okay, you, you, you gave five TVs out. Praise God. But how many of those TVs did you bring from heaven? And question, how many of those TVs are you going to go home with when God calls you to come? How many? None. 
absolutely none. James 4, 6 says, and, and this is very instructive. It says, but he gives grace and more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Listen, God does not oppose. The Bible did not say, at least, God opposes the drunk. The Bible did not say God opposes the um, drug addict. The Bible did not say God opposes the womanizer. The Bible did not say God opposes the thief. The Bible says God opposes the... the pro- now, I'm not saying, is it good to be all those things? No. That's, don't get me wrong. Don't say, pastor says it's better to be that. Adult. No, 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 no. What's the point of saying, oh, I don't, I'm not a drug addict. I'm not a... Um, I don't drink. I'm not... Um, Humanizer, I'm not, you know, you are very good, but you are proud. And you're in church. What is the value of being in church to serve God? And God says, I am against you. I resist the proud. I oppose the proud. God will not oppose you. God will be for you and not against you. So pride is a serious matter spiritually. It's big spiritually. We overlook it to our own peril. If you overlook pride, it's to your own destruction. Pride pride is a huge, major spiritual issue. Major. Humility actually makes you unstoppable. A man was asked to define what what it is to be humble. And and it says something very interesting and very instructive. It says, I I can't define humble, but if you think you are, you are not. Oh, I said I was going to ask. I forgot. If you think you are humble, let me see your hands up. I should have asked that before I told you that. Now no hand will come up. If you think you are humble, (laughs) you know, he, he says that, he says, I can't define humble, but if you think you are, you are not. Let me put it this way. If you think you are humble, the moment you begin to think you are humble, you are on your way to being proud. Not necessarily because you are not, but humility is a virtue that the more you have, the more you want. That's humility. That's how it is. It's a virtue that the more you are, the more you see your need for more. That's humility. Humility is not a virtue that the more you have, the more satisfied you become. Humility is a virtue that the more you have, the more you see your need for more. The more you see your need for more. It may be difficult to define humility, but it's very easy to spot pride. Very easy, maybe difficult to define humility. And when we talk about humility, you, you know, we are not talking about humility. It's a word that was coined. <laughs> I don't think it's in the dictionary, and it's not the English dictionary. The humility, the word humility, is it's not humility. Humility is when you beat yourself down and you have to go down and you know, oh, you have to. You have to wear rags, you know, and no, 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 no. That's humility. That's not humility. Humility is you are all that God has called you to be 
you stand as tall as God wants you to be, then you compare yourself to the most high God, and you see that you are really nothing. And you give him all the glory. That's humility. Humility is not when you are deliberately rubbishing your work. And it's a big, it's a big thing, you know. Many times we, uh, we hide under to God be the glory to say things like, I'm really unworthy. You have worked hard. You've gotten promoted. And they say congratulations. So it's not me. It's not me. It's God. We know it's God. We know. That's unbility. We know it's God. So what should I say, Pastor? You should say, thank you. I give all the glory to, to God. That's what you should say. <laughs> That's what you should say. Why? Because, you know, the truth is that aggression must always be in the spirit. Aggression must not be in the flesh. We should never fight battles in the flesh. We should always take our aggression to where? To the spirit. Don't shout and fight and, you know, no, 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 no. Take your aggression to the, to the spirit. The person or the people, they will feel the heat. Take it to the spirit. That is humility. Take it to the spirit. When we are truly humble, God himself fights for us. When we are truly humble, God himself fights for us. Marian and, 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 and Aaron said to Moses, who, who, who really do you think you are? Not like that, but, you know, who set you straight? You hear God, we hear God. What's the big deal? Why would you marry a black woman? You know, Moses went to marry a, an African queen, <laughs> you know. And, yeah, Moses' wife was, was a black woman. And they had an issue with it. And they confronted him. And they shredded him. And... Moses just kept quiet. And God fought for him. Praise the name of the Lord. Every time, you, you won't do it, but if someone puts his hand in your nose, don't hit the hand. Just allow it. You know? <laughs> David said when one guy was, was abusing him and calling him mad David said and his boys were like should we cut off his head David says no let him abuse maybe God will see it and have mercy on me many times we don't allow God to be God but you're like pastor if we allow God to be God it can be dangerous exactly that's the point. So we are saying that humility is not lack of audacity. Humility is not lack of audacity. Totally not. One of the most, the perfect example of humility in the Bible is, is Jesus. And one of the most audacious statements you will ever read in the Bible was made by Jesus. 
So humility cannot be lack of audacity. In John 6, 35, for instance, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Now, pause, pause, pause. Jesus was talking to the Jews. These people, they knew him. They knew his father. They knew his mom. They knew him when he was a child. They knew when he was rolling tire in the street, half naked. They knew, I mean, when he was carrying wood. I mean, then he now came and he stood before them and he says, I am the bread of life. How do you think they will respond? It's easy for us to read the Bible and and like these people don't have faith. It was difficult for them. In fact, in 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 an instance, they said to Jesus, Jesus, are you, is this not Jesus, the son of Mary, whose brother is with us? So what is he saying? Now, now, if you read on, he says, whoever eats this bread will never go hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. What an audacious statement. Audacious statement. So humility is not lack of audacity. So to help us, there's no one else to turn to than to Jesus himself. No one else to turn to than to Jesus himself. In Philippians chapter 2, from verse 6, Talking about Jesus. It says that even though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Since when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor. Therefore, he became unstoppable because he was humble. He came and gave him the name Above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in the earth, of things beneath the earth. And that every tongue should declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, while humility shows up in our relationship with others, the truth is this. Humility is a reflection of our relationship with God. While your brother can tell you if you are humble or proud. While your spouse can tell you whether you are humble or proud. While your colleagues can tell you whether you are humble or proud. Your humility is actually a reflection between your relationship with God. When you have relational issues with people, it's a reflection of your relationship with God. When When you are humble with people, it shows that you are actually humble with who? With God. So pride is from within. And it takes the Holy Spirit, only the Holy Spirit, to help us get into our system and remove the ugly creature called pride. There's a story that was told by... Uh, the pastor of Brooklyn Tabernacle, I mean, 
Brooklyn Tabernacle is, is a church that's very, 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 very strong in worship and, and all that. And he said that there was a lady that came in from, from um, Broadway. Broadway in the U.S. is, is like a network of, of theater artists, you know, where they, the best of the best drama, songs, musicals, and all that stuff, you know, shows and all that. So this lady came from Broadway and she, and she, she, she joined the church. You know, maybe she, she became saved or something. And, and she joined the choir. And, and the story goes that when she joined the choir, it, it was as if she, she, her attitude was like, hello, I'm here, where's the mic, you know? Who else should sing if not, if not me? And, and the pastor's wife noticed that, you know, she was in charge of the choir. And so she um, loved her but put her in a corner. And this lady would be very, very uncomfortable, you know, agitating, wanting to take special songs, oh, wanting to do this, wanting to do that. And they, they ignored her. And over time, the pastor said he would see her come to the altar praying, weeping. He didn't know what her problem was. Month after month, apparently God was working on her. She was being broken. A couple had a wedding. And the couple was poor. They didn't have money. They could only serve lemonade and biscuits for their guests. You know, it's like, like, like serving seven up and biscuits. Have you ever seen a wedding like that before? You see, most people that can serve seven up and biscuits, they would think they shouldn't get married. You know, they think until I build a mansion in the sky, that's when I should get married. Anyway. So this lady was there helping them with stuff. And the pastor, after conducting the wedding, stepped into the reception area and saw that. I saw the lady under the table cleaning up stuff. And, and he went to her and said, oh, do you know this couple? And the lady said, no, 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 that I heard that they didn't have anyone to help them. So she took time off work so that she can serve them. And that's why she's helping them clean. The pastor said, you are going to sing tomorrow in church. <laughs> And the pastor said, when this lady took the mic to sing, the whole church was on fire. So on one hand, she could sing, but on the other hand, she could not minister. There's a difference between singing and what? Ministering. Huge difference. You can sing and get standing ovation from men, but it doesn't mean you have a standing ovation from heaven. But when you minister, heaven stands and gives you an ovation. Praise the name of the Lord. Is somebody trying to clap there? <laughs> I wasn't sure. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure. I was there. <laughs> okay, cool. Now, from the story of Jesus, what can we learn? Three things and we'll be on our way. What can we, what can we see from this story? It's clear from the, a perfect example of humility. Number one, from this story of Jesus, Philippians 2, I am humble when I accept that God knows more than I do. That's simple. I'm humble when I accept that God is wiser than me. I am humble when I accept that God is wiser than I am. When I think I'm wiser than God, I'm a fool. A big one. I'm humble when I accept that God is wiser than me. 
Verse 6, it says, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Though Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Now, the problem with a lot of us is that though we are not God, we are even far away from being God, and yet sometimes we think of equality with God. That's the problem. So, but Pastor, how? It's simple. If, if God says A, and I'm saying, well, God cannot, is it, is it really A? Let me just, you know, do it this way and this way. You know, maybe I'll get a better result. That's, that's pride. That's arrogance. That's, that's nothing. Nothing to do with God. You can color it anything you want to. You can even baptize it. Anything that is born of the flesh is flesh, remains flesh, and cannot be converted. Because it's born of the flesh. Anything born of the spirit is spirit, remains spirit, similarly cannot be converted. Pastor, do you, do you really believe this Bible? Yes, I do. You really believe that a virgin will get pregnant? Exactly, I do. But you went to school now. Don't you know the process of pregnancy? Do you, do you really believe that somebody died and rose again the third day? Exactly, I do. You know why I do? I am not smarter than God. If God says it, then that is what it is. Praise the name of the Lord. If God says it, that is what it is. That's what it is. You see, that's the best way to simplify your life. Just do what God says to do. It is in our foolishness that we try to I don't know what we are thinking, really. When Lucifer fell, you know what you know Lucifer's issue? His issue was, it was simple. That's the, that's the deception of pride. His issue was simple. He wants to be like God. That's, that was all. He says, I will be like God. I will put my throne like God. And I will ascend to the height. And God shut him down. And God said, no vacancy here. Fast forward. It's the same thing with Eve. When he went to Eve, what did he tell Eve? When you eat this fruit, God knows that you will, you will be like God. You will know the difference between this and that. You'll be able to discern things. You'll be sharp. That's the problem. So, so it's the same thing that happened to Lucifer. It's the same thing that he brought to Eve. You know, you, I mean, you, God knows. God is trying to keep stuff from you. Will you stand up and be in charge of your life? I am humble when I accept that God is wiser than I am. You see, grace is what makes life easy. Nobody knows better than anybody. It's just grace. But guess what? Grace comes to you every time you submit to God's truth. Grace is available for you. The grace for salvation came to you when you accepted that Jesus died for you. Right? You submitted to the truth. The grace to be saved came to you. The grace for prosperity, same thing, will come to you when you submit to God's truth. So grace comes to you when you submit and accept that God is wiser than you are. So every time we think we are wiser than God, 
we cut ourselves off from God's grace. Every single time. And God gives grace to the humble. So I become unstoppable when I defer to God. When I defer to God, I become unstoppable. When I defer to God, I become unstoppable. People may think, oh, you're you're this, oh, you're that. But at the end of the day, when I defer to God, I become unstoppable. Number two. So number one, not only am I humble when I accept that God knows more than I do, Number two, I am humble when I let go of my privileges for God. I am humble when I let go of my privileges for, for God. Verse 7 says to us, instead, he, Jesus, gave up his divine privileges. He took a humble position of a slave And was born as a human being. He gave up his divine. You see, being a Christian is not a very popular thing, though. It's not a it's a serious, you want to follow God. You have to give up privileges. Yes, it's your right. But God will say, let it go. Praise the Lord. Let it go. And the challenge in, in, in all of our lives is because we want to hold on to our privileges. We want to hold on. So, again, I use a very simple example. When we're growing up in our houses, we have things like daddy's chair, you know. I mean, do we still have daddy's chairs? <laughs> you know, someone says daddy's chairs, you know. And mommy comes and sits on daddy's chair and the man will just bring thunder and lightning, you know. Sometimes it's okay. You know, it's just your wife. She's just your wife. She just want to... Your moelon, what does that mean in English? <laughs> Sometimes you just, you, you just need to give up privileges. Says, no, I smell rebellion in this house. There, is, there must not be rebellion. It's not rebellion, it's love. Praise the Lord. Daddy has a special cup that he uses for dinner. And for some reason, the, the cup is still in the dishwasher and, and, and they serve him with another cup and daddy will not eat. Pardon? Eh? Maybe opa. What? No, 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 no. That is not acceptable. You know? Daddy must eat. Now, my, my, my point is this. All this is I've told, I'm telling you, I'm using my life as an example. Do you understand? I think that happened to me. Every man will get to those points in your marriage that you need to, is it going to be my right? Or is it going to be harmony? You know, you can be right and the house is on fire. 
Or you can let the, your right go. And there's peace and harmony. Sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, sometimes, all the time. <laughs> the truth is this. The truth is this. Same, same thing goes with our ladies. When you hold on to your rights, there's going to be fire on the mountain. When everybody holds on to their rights, there's going to be fire on the mountain. I am humble when I let go of my privileges for God. But you see, how you let, go, let it go for God is also a reflection of your relationship with, with, with people. You cannot say you love a God you cannot see. And you, you, are, you cannot live with people that you can see. Something is wrong with that. Immediately. Jesus gives us a classic example in a story in Luke 14, 7 to 11. Luke 14, 7 to 11. Jesus tells us the story that when you go to a banquet that you should take the lower seat. Don't take the chief seat. Why? Because if you take the chief seat and a more prestigious man comes into the meeting, they will ask you that, Oga, can you please get up and come and sit here? Jesus says you will be embarrassed. He says it's more honorable if you take the lower seat, let it go of your privileges. Then they say, no, 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 ah, no, 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 you cannot sit here. Please come and sit here. He says, then you will be honored. Many times, we don't allow God to honor us. Many times, we fight for honor by ourselves. But God is saying, I am humble when I let go of my privileges. I've, I've shared several times that, you know, even in church here, you know, deliberately, I don't, I don't have a, a special parking spot. Deliberately. So, so there was a time I had, the, I had a parking spot on that side. I, I, I knew that, you know, after a while, folks were parking beside me. Then, one day, Someone came before me. I just parked in the, in the space. Oh, man. So I went to look for another parking spot. I came to this side, you know. Then the same thing happened, you know. People left that side. They began to come and park beside me. Then after a while, I, 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 came, I came in. I didn't come late, but they, they, someone came in earlier than me. I just parked in my, in my spot, you know. Oh, I said to myself, what's, what's wrong with this person? You know. <laughs> you know? After the first worship experience, when I gave the example, um, a couple came to me and explained to me what happened. That they parked there because they want anointing. So, so they're like, this is the spot that is... Honestly, I, I didn't understand it until they explained it. You know? Some people, that's how they are thinking. This is, this, this is where he parks. Boom. You know? So I left there and I went somebody, somewhere else. You will not believe it. The same thing happened. Now I've left there, I've come here. Guess what? No, no, no. no, no, no. So I, I want to name that place Rehoboth. 
God has made room for us. <laughs> you know? So the point is this. Do you know that you can't try that somewhere else? You can't just try it. But the point is that we, 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 what do we have really that was not given to us? What do we have? So why would we make other people's lives uncomfortable because of a gift that we received that the owner can even collect? Doesn't make sense. So humility is the hidden, unstoppable force. Hidden, unstoppable force. So number one, I am humble when I accept that God is wiser than I am. When I know that God knows more than I do. Number two, I am humble when I let go of my privileges for God. Number three, I'm humble when I obey God no matter what. I am humble when I obey God no matter what. Verse 8 says, He humbled himself in what? In obedience to God. And died a criminal's death. I mean, what obedience? When I humble myself, when I'm, I'm when I'm humble, I'm humble. When I obey God, no matter what, I can tell you stories upon stories upon stories of. None of you know my, my stories. I I say a lot of stories that are happening now, where. God tells me to do something. Now, I made up my mind very early on in my work with God that a few commitments that I made. Number one, by the grace of God, there will be nothing God tells me to do that I will not do. The second one I'm going to share with you is, is similar, which is there is nothing that will be in my hand that God will ask for that I cannot give. Nothing. So at every point, I'm checking my life. I'm checking everything. Why? Because if you have something that you cannot give God, that thing has become your God. Has become an idol. It's your God. So God says to me, take your car, your only car, that you love very much and give to my son. I, I've told you that story before. How I, I could have taken that car home, had a conference call, a, 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 with, a conference call with my wife. And I said, you should go and wash the car. Before I got, I, I walked home. When I got into the house, my wife said, ah, you, I didn't hear your own. I said, because I didn't bring the car. What happened to the car? said, uh, God said. <laughs> so, so uh, you know the story. 3 a.m., she wakes me up. Wake up! I'm like, what? Wake up. What is going on? Sit down. 
She says, I kid you not. I mean, she has told you the story herself. She says, look at everything in this house. Me too. If you want to give us away, give us away. Who <laughs> could give everything away? <laughs> I'm like, what? You know, well, why? You know, oh, the car. Praise the name of the Lord. Many, many decisions. When God said to me, you know, um, <laughs> many things. I can't even, I, I don't know if I should share them. I mean, it's, but over and over and over and over and over, it has become apparent that when I obey God, God is actually meeting me at the point of my needs. So obedience is God meeting you at the point of your needs. So it's, it became clear to me that I gave a car. I mean, by God's grace, I don't have car problems. You know, I, I mean, so God always, and my wife also has, has seen, you know, right now, you know, she challenges me in giving, I, I kid you not, heavily. <laughs> Why? Because over the years, from thinking this guy was crazy, to now seeing that ah, this thing is, is working, you know, and this thing is real, you know, then to now, you know, championing the causes. It's big and beautiful. The last God willing in service, you guys were here. I don't know if you can remember. I'm sure you can remember. Vigil. We're having vigil. JJ. And God said to me, go and get a bell. A bell. What will I be doing? You'll be, you'll be ringing the bell. <laughs> Doesn't that sound ridiculous? Praise the Lord. But did you know that the testimonies that came from ringing the bell is mind-blowing? The foolish things, the foolish things of this world. Honestly, even though because I was committed to obeying God, I said yes. If I tell you I didn't feel like a fool, it would be a lie. I felt like a big fool. That carrying bell. So, obedience, I also discovered, does not only meet my, me at the point of my needs. Obedience is meeting God at the point of his need. He wanted to, to heal. He wanted to deliver. He needed prophetic action. He needed somebody that will obey, that will be foolish, so that his power can flow. He says, Femi, can you do this for me? I want to heal my children. So when you obey God, you are meeting him at the point of his need. I'm praying that you will not ignore God's need. I pray that the day of God's need, when God has a need, he has a, that's a need, you will not ignore God at the point of his need. God had a need. He said, who shall we send? Who shall go for us? Jesus says, here I am. Send me. Jesus obeyed God. His obedience met the Father at the point of his need. He wanted to save humanity. 
So that's why Jesus is so unstoppable. Because he, he, he became humble. So that he can become unstoppable. So the question to you and I is this. What has God told you to do that you have left undone? What has God told you to do that you have left undone? Who has God told you to forgive that you are yet to forgive? What has God told you to do that you have left undone? Who has God told you to forgive that you you have not forgiven? I've told you my story before. I mean, I, I had four friends. Four. And you know, stuff happened. And um, we went our different ways. <laughs> and from where I stand, they were the ones that offended me. So one day I was praying, and the Holy Spirit said to me, something like this, I know you are forgiving them, but you need to call them one by one and ask them to forgive you. And I said, hey. Then I wanted to narrate the story in case you forgot how it happened. This is what happened. Call them and ask them to forgive you. It was difficult. The first three people I called to ask for their forgiveness. They say, hey, we forgive you. I'm like, what? You know? You have just been, you have just been very, very stubborn. I'm like, please forgive me. Let me do the one God has said to me. That's what was in my heart. But, I mean, for every call I made, it was like a nail was, I mean, I was being nailed to the cross. It was like crucifixion. I was dying to myself. And I made the fourth call. He was the only one that said, oh, no, 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 no. We should be the one apologizing. I said, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> we should be the one apologizing. But you see, it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. When you forgive them and you do what God has told you to do, God will meet you at the point of your need. And guess what? You will meet God at the point of his need. Because they are also his children. He he has a need to reach out to them. He has a need to heal them. He has a need to restore them. And he needed you to make the move in obedience. So because Jesus responded he met the need of God. God said, who shall we send? And he came and, and, and he did not think it equality with God or something to be grasped. He admitted that the father was higher and better and wiser. He did not hold on to his privileges. Oh no, he did not hold on to his privileges. He let it go. And he obeyed God. No matter what. So by the time you go to verse 9, it says, therefore, therefore, because of this, God made him unstoppable. God elevated him to a place of honor. 
and gave him a name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in the heavens, of things in the earth, of things beneath the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every time I'm humble, I become unstoppable and it glorifies God. Every time I defer to God, I am humble, I become unstoppable, it glorifies God. Every single time, I don't hold on to my own privileges. I am humble, I become unstoppable, it glorifies God. Every time I obey God, no matter what, I'm humble, I become unstoppable, and it glorifies God. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. Let's talk to God about what we have heard. You may be here, you are saying to me, Pastor, I've run my life the way I wanted. I want to. I need to submit to God. I need to accept that God is wiser than me. I need to give my life to Jesus. I've never given my life to Jesus. Oh, I used to be born again. I'm backsliding. I've come back to the world. I've taken back the control. I've added this and added that. Pastor, can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Can I come forward? No, you, you can sit down wherever you are. I will pray with you on your seat, wherever you are. You don't need to come forward. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. I need you to pray with me. Put up your hand now over your head and I'll pray with you. That is me. Now put up your hand, put up your hand. Well, 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 over your head. Shoot it up, shoot it up. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Over there, God bless you over there. God bless you over there. Right there, God bless you. Keep your hands up. God bless you, my brother, over there. That is me, Pastor. I have never committed my life to Jesus. I've never given my... God bless you, my sister, over there. Oh, that is me. I've never given my life to Jesus. God bless you. That is me. Keep your hands up. Oh, I used to be with him. I've gone back. Can you... I want, I want to yield my life to him. I, I've been taking charge of my life. Now I want to sit control back. I am not wiser than God. Keep the hands up. If you have the card, you can put down your hand. That's all I require of you. Just talk to God. There's a hand there. Keep the hands up. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. Keep the hands up. That is me. Oh. That is me. That is me. That is me. The rest of us, let's talk to God. I mean, you, you may need to ask God to help you. Maybe your heart has become prideful over the, over the years. Maybe your heart has become arrogant. Why don't you ask God to help you? Maybe you are struggling with letting go of your privileges. Why don't you ask God to help you? Maybe it's obedience to God. There are people God needs you to forgive. There are things God needs you to do. Talk to God. Oh, Father, we thank you for we thank you for everyone that is surrendering to you today, Lord. We pray for them in the name of Jesus. My Father, I ask that you breathe upon these lives, Lord. Change them totally. Empower them to be all, to be all that you have created them to be, O Lord of heaven. And let your name be glorified.